Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. Well, I'm glad you're here this morning. We're going to get into the word. Uh, if you need an outline, raise your hand. Uh, one of the ushers will get one to you. Um, but I think everyone has an outline here. The question we're going to conclude this morning with our series is, why do you come to church? That's the question. Why do you come to church? Now, the simple answer is, well, it's the right thing to do, and, and maybe you've been a churchgoer all your life. But here in our generation, how many know that some people no longer believe we need to go to church? That that's what they're teaching their kids, and that's the new generation's philosophy. Why go to church? We don't need to go to church. In fact, some people believe that the church is some sort of controlling, antiquated faction that is a mind-brainwashing thing. Have you ever heard people tell you that? If you've been a believer for any length of time, people will tell you, well, why do you go to church? Why do you allow someone or some old book that was written 2,000 years ago, dictate your life to you. Have you ever heard that? All of us have. Some believe that the local church is dead, that, it, that it's no longer an important part of anybody's life. But I'm here to tell you that the church is not dead. It's alive. In fact, the best days of the church are ahead. Amen? Amen. 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 I believe, and listen to me closely, I believe the local church is the hope of the world. That's the hope of this world. Again, all you got to do is turn on the news and watch this unfortunate, the unfortunate scenes that are transpiring in our nation of division. You know, we talked about this uh, yesterday at our men's group in Napa, is that I, I believe Satan's job from the very beginning in the Garden of Eden, even in, in heaven, when he got a third of the angels to rebel, was to create, create divisiveness. He, he's here to seek, kill, and destroy, but he's here to divide. And he wants, you to, he wants to divide you from the things of God. He did that in heaven with the angels. He did that in the Garden of Eden. He, he told Eve, did God really say? He questioned, he, he caused division. He's still doing that today in our country. And, and, and it's not a matter of, and I'm, I'm not, my message isn't on this, our, the fight is not against black and white or white versus black. The fight is, white, is, is light versus darkness. It's light versus darkness. That's really the fight. We as believers recognize that. It's a spiritual battle. But here's, here's the thing. The, Satan and the enemy of your soul is going to try to cause division even in your families, even in, at your job place. He's going to come and try to cause division in in you, because he knows if he can cause the vision in you, he's got you. Because usually when you get divided, it causes bitterness, which causes hate, which is what we're seeing in our nation today. Again, I believe the local church is the hope of the world. How many agree with me? Amen? Amen. Amen. So many of you here today grew up going to church, and that's something that comes natural. That's, that comes natural being here on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. For others, like myself, it's been a new thing. I didn't grow up going to church all the time. And, it, and as I mentioned before, I would question things. Well, why do we go to church? Why do we go to a, a midweek Bible study or a small group? Um, why, why? And, 
and now I get it. And, I, and, and God is working on us. He's chipping away on those rough edges that we all have, right, in order to form you into the image of his son. But sometimes I meet people, regular attendees, first-time visitors, that really don't know why they're here. They don't know why they come to church. They just kind of, well, that's what I know to do. That's what my parents did, and that's what my grandparents did, and their parents, my great-grandparents, that's what they did. So then really it's just a tradition of coming to church. But coming to church is much, much more than just a tradition. How many know that? It's much more than that. In fact, I want to turn to John chapter 13. And we read this scripture at the beginning of this series a couple of weeks ago. John chapter 13. We have it up on the screen. It says this. And if you, if you don't mind, let's stand together as we read the word. Um, and I just want to honor the Lord in, in reading this word. If you can, if you can stand this morning, stand with me. The word says in chapter 13 of John, verse 34, A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we ask your blessings, Lord, this morning. Lord, upon this word that we might hear it, receive it, that, Lord, I might declare it exactly as you, Holy Spirit, you would want it to be declared this morning. Lord, I know your word does not come back void. It's powerful. Lord, it goes out. It's alive. And Father, as it goes out into every hearer, Lord, may it begin to stir and do something inside every person here today that we would leave here changed and not the same way we came here today. So Father, we thank you for your precious word. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Amen. Amen. And before I forget, um, it was my lovely daughter Elizabeth's birthday yesterday. So let's give her a big hand. It was her birthday, so she's here sitting down. Raise your hand there, Elizabeth. Yeah, there you are. Yes. So happy birthday, Elizabeth. All right. So let's, let's continue with this. Why should I go to church? Everybody say that with me. Why should I go to church? Why should I go to church? Hopefully today you, you understand that and have been listening the last couple of weeks to different points on why we need to be in church. And the question you may ask is, well, why do I need to go to church? Why do I need to be there at Wednesday night Bible study? Why? What's the benefit of attending regularly? When you understand the why, it makes it easier to understand the what. And we're going to talk a little bit about some points I have here. But before I do that, I have some people I've asked to share some testimonies of why they come to church. So give a big hand to Wayne and Irene. I'm going to have them come up first. And they're going to come and share right now why they come to church. Right down there. I'm going to meet you down there. Yeah, right here. You don't have to step up here. So Wayne and Irene, go ahead and face here. Why do you come to church? I come to church to be closer to Jesus. I don't know about anybody else, but as soon as I walk in that front door, I feel better about myself. After I leave church, 
I want to feel the same way when I walked in. I want that goodness to stay with me. Knowing that Jesus will always be with me. He loves you. He wants you to love him. You love him. He will change your life. Bastard Rick is here to teach us the way to do it right. Believe me, my heart has changed 100%. I love my new job with Jesus. Amen. And every day I wake up, I'm going, Jesus, what do you got for me? I'm ready. Amen. 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 Give him a hand. Come over here, Evie. That's awesome. That's great. Because I, I know Wayne from a few years back. That He's expressing this new person that he is what he just declared. He didn't always think that way, okay? I don't want you to come up here and listen and hear this, that they've always thought that way. They haven't always thought that way. And so, Irene, question for you is, why do you come to church? I come to church because, number one, I want to serve the Lord. Um, I didn't even figure this out until I started coming to church again as an adult because what we're doing is serving the Lord, but basically God is just teaching you. He's feeding us. And um, I come to church because God has done so much for me. Yes. Why can't I come and, and take the time to come to church, take moments out of my life for Him who gives me everything? And um, the reason I come to church is many reasons, but number one is to serve Him, the one who gave all of us life. Amen. And Amen. he gives us life abundantly. Yes. And another thing is, um, because when I come to church, I see a, another family. You know, I have my own blood family, but I have another family here. Yes. And I love everybody here because we are all God's children. Yes. And I grew up in a church where they did not put Jesus, you know, in the same category with God. And I had to find out on my own by reading the Bible that Jesus is God. Yes, amen. And if you, read, if you read your Bible, and like Pastor Rick asked everybody at the beginning of this year to read your Bible, you know, the, the Bible in a year. I'm just in Matthew now. I just finished the Old Testament. Amen. And I wanted to get through it because it's like, I want to get to the, the Gospels because that's all about Jesus. But you know what? In the Old Testament... You can see a lot about Jesus in there already, yes. and I, yes. I've seen it. But anyway, I just wanted to say, coming to church is a priority for us, and because God gives us everything, we need to give him some of it back. Amen. 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 Thank you. Mm-hmm. Give him a big hand. Amen. That's great. And so you're listening to this, and some of you can relate to what they're saying. I have a couple more people that I'd like to come up. Uh, give a big hand to Jill Escarino as she comes up and shares this morning in a testimony. Jill, tell us why you come to church. Okay, I made some notes here. <clears throat> and I just want to say first, in my professional life, I speak publicly all the time, but it's totally different to do mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. outside of work. But Okay, so my main reasons of why I come to church and what it means to me is... Um, the feeling of connection I have with other believers and those who know the Lord is very important to me. Um, a sense of fellowship, um, encouragement, an acknowledgement of God's blessings 
which even though we know that God blesses us, sometimes it's easy to forget um, because we're dumb sheep, right? That's we can right. be. We can Sorry. be, yes. If you go to Bible study, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, to stay focused on my vision, to keep a positive attitude, and the other reason I like coming to church or why it, it it's a, has an important meaning to me is because I'm a lifetime learner or a lifelong learner. Um, I wanted to just share a couple of things. One is I really love this book, um, Having a Merry Heart in a Martha World. You all know mm-hmm. the story in Luke with uh, Mary and Martha. I'm a Martha. I'm a doer. I will choose work over worship. I will work all day and all night. That is just in my nature. Um, sometimes it seems like an imposition to come to church. I have to be honest about that. It Because I, I'm just so engrossed in trying to get everything done and, and be the mother I want to be and do everything that I often um, push my Christian side and spiritual things or my own needs to the back. And, and, and that's very hard. That's an ongoing challenge I face to, to balance um, those things. And so I really identify with being a Martha. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to say from this book that I really liked is that Church helps me stay connected in the fact that the three D's, which is in the book, it's distraction, discouragement, and doubt. And I really feel that if you don't have daily worship time and if you don't come to church, and uh, then those things will just really get you down. And um, so discouragement drains us of our hope, our vision, our dreams of heaven, and eternity with our Lord. I just Amen. made a note of that. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Jill. Those were great points there uh, so far that people have shared. And then lastly, I wanted to call up Brother Damien. Come on up. Give him a big hand. He comes up and shares why he comes to church. Good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, my attitudes have changed over time initially. I was just following Lexi to church to support her and protect her. And after coming here for a while, it's been great for me. It's been, I I appreciate the uplifting and positive messages of love. On Sunday, truthfully, in this world, it's a kind of a a reset or recharge before I start my week Mm -hmm. again. Every aspect of it, my kids have made friends back there. And in the children's church, I appreciate all the time and energy that Miss Anna gives us. Mm-hmm. The community, we've made friends. Amen. I see people from the church out and about in my normal life now when we're pulling into Habit Burger or <laughs> anywhere. And I'm looking Ooh. out for all of you. Like Irene said, you guys are my church family now. Amen. So whether you know it or not, you're part of my extended family. That's right. I appreciate you having me here each and every Sunday as often as I can make it. Truthfully, as a kid, I didn't grow up in church. I could easily count the number of times I've been to church. This is the church that I've been to the most ever. The Amen. Most life, Amen. Just so you know. So thank you for having me. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Hey. God bless you. That was beautiful. Beautiful. That's, that's exactly those three people as they 
proclaimed why they come to church, exactly why we need to be here. We talked about, uh, you heard about drawing closer to Christ, to try to be like Jesus. You heard about the, the different tangible benefits of being involved in fellowship. And then the family aspect. The, you can't buy that. And it's all free. It's all free. God wants to give that to you. God wants to, he, he loves you. You're the apple of his eye, as Anna said earlier. And he wants to grow you. He wants, to, he wants you to bring your kids here and help them to form meaningful relationships. How many are thankful for Kids Church back there? If you have children, are you thankful for that? Amen. I'm thankful for my wife that runs Kids Church. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Thank you for sharing. That was beautiful. Those, those three testimonies were beautiful. I want to share with you another scripture of, of, well, let me talk about the three points here. Number one, why do we come to church? Number one, scripture commands us to. Yes. Scripture tells us to. In Hebrews chapter 10, and I believe it, we have the scripture up behind me on the PowerPoint. This is the New King, New King James Version says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. And so much more, the more as you see the day approaching, exhorting each other, encouraging each other, encouraging each other, being a blessing to one another as you see that day approaching. Every one of you, like me, go through trials, go through challenges in your life where you're down and out. And I know I'm not going to get encouragement at the Habit Burger. Sorry, Damien, I might see you there, but there's probably nobody going to encourage me there. But I know when I come here to church, there's going to be people that are going to encourage me. When I go to Wednesday night Bible study, there's going to be people, be people there that are going to pray for me and encourage me. How many have found that to be true? Amen. That's what it's saying in this scripture here is, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. As soon as that you know those doors are open, be there, be there, be there. And more so as you see that day approaching. What day? The day of His coming, the day of His return. Again, all we got to do is turn on the news and see what's going on in our world to recognize that we live in perilous times, that we live in dangerous times. And, and as such, we need to be drawing closer to Him, and we do that by coming to church regularly. Amen. Even, even in the early church, some were falling into the bad habit of not attending regular church. That's why this scripture was put in there. And, and the author of Hebrews says that's not the way to go. If you want to be a blessing, if you want to receive a blessing, put yourself in the middle of a place where you're going to receive that blessing. Amen? Church. Here's the other thing I would say to those that would tell you, well, I have, I have church at home by myself. And that's great, and unless you're an invalid, a shut-in, somebody, somebody that cannot get out of the house, I, I, I would tell you this, there's no Lone Ranger Christians. There's no Lone Ranger Christians. You need a body, you need fellowship around you. You need people to encourage you. You need people to pray for you. You need to pray for others. God has given you a gift, every one of you, and called you out and said, you're my disciple. You can pray for somebody. It doesn't have to be Pastor Rick. If, if, you, see, if you see Damien at Habit Burger, I can't believe he goes to Habit Burger. That guy's the most in-shape person I know, but he goes to Habit Burger. 
If you see him there and you think the Lord is telling you that he needs prayer, go pray for him. If, if the Lord is impressing that upon you, God uses the church, which is you, you and I. It's not this building. It's not this school. It's you and I. We are the church. Amen? Point number two is you'll hear something that will prompt you to do something. You'll hear something that will prompt you to do something. So if I'm at home, if I'm watching the Niner game or the Raider game at, in bed or just reading the newspaper and drinking my coffee, I will never have the opportunity to hear something that will prompt me to do something. So that's the other benefit of being in the house of God. You will hear something here today that will encourage you, that will prompt you to, yeah, I need to start doing that. Uh, Wednesday night, by, wh- wh- where was that at? 378 Clydesdale Drive, 7 p.m., be there. That's, that's what you need to do. And the book of James tells us really clearly. It hits us right here, right on the forehead, right up the forehead. It says this in James chapter 1 and verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. And, and it goes on to compare it. It's as if a man wakes up, looks in the mirror, sees, you know, the slobber running down, the hair everywhere. You look like a troll doll in the morning. And you go about your business without doing anything. Nobody's going to do that. Nobody's going to do that. So do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves because that's the danger of the word. That's the danger of actually coming here is hearing the word and not doing it. Then you are deceived. The Bible says you're deceived. That's a dangerous, dangerous place to be. I want to tell you that right now. It's a dangerous place to be, to be um, hearing the word of God and not doing what you know to do that's right. You are deceived. So let us be careful with that. Here's the other thing when you hear something. Now, coming to church isn't just about information, about processing information. I, I love, in fact, I, I love information too much where trivial facts, which don't mean anything. Um, and sometimes if I'm not careful, all I concentrate is on information rather than application. I want to make sure to apply what I'm learning. And so more information does not lead to transformation. In other words, I can study all I want about uh, lifting weights and being a, a bodybuilder, but if I don't go out there and actually begin to lift the weights, it doesn't do me any good. I can study all I want about um, karate or you know being a you know martial arts expert. I can study and read all the books by Bruce Lee, by you know whoever, but unless I do it. It doesn't help me one bit. So just by coming here and receiving the word on Sunday mornings or on Wednesday nights, unless you're applying that word in your life, it doesn't do you any good. It's only information. It's only information. We must learn to apply it in our daily life. And as I look out and I see the different ones here applying it in their life, again, None of us are perfect, including your pastor. I'm not perfect, but what I've learned to do is I, I listen to something. The Holy Spirit says, do it this way, and it will go well with you. Just like Wayne and Irene, that's what they're doing, and it will go well with you. 
It, and, and God all of a sudden, he begins to pour out blessing and favor in your life when you put God number one, when you start showing up in the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen. It's one thing to know a lot about, say, nutrition and eating healthy. It's another thing to do it, right? My, my wife is my police right now. She watches what I eat. And, and that's a good thing. I have somebody that cares for me and loves me and wants to watch what I eat. And, uh, but I have to do, I have to be a doer of, of that. I have to act upon that in order to have good nutrition. So similarly, it's one thing to know a lot about the Bible. And it's another thing to actually live out what it teaches. Are you living out what it teaches? Think about that for a second right now. Every one of you, think about that. Are you living out what you know to be true? Are you living out the scriptures that you hear, that you read? Are you living it out to the best of your ability? This is why the Christian life isn't just about knowledge. It isn't just about, uh, as Irene mentioned, they're reading the Word of God from beginning in January all through the year. That we, have, we had some outlines that if you read certain passages every day, by the end of December, you'll have read the whole entire Bible uh, by reading about 20 minutes every day of your Bible. Uh, how many have ever done that? Raise your hand if you've done that before. It's a, great, it's a great way to read the whole entire Bible. And the Bible and the Christian life isn't just about knowledge. That's what I want to impress upon you this morning. It's actually when our, when our faith or acts of faith intersect with God's faithfulness, that's when our faith and love begins to grow in our lives. That's when it begins to grow. From Jesus' parable of the wise and foolish builders, we discover that learning and hearing is just simply not enough. It's not enough to just learn, to, to just uh, process information. It's not enough. I, I've read the Bible many times, dozens of times. In fact, uh, I've lost track of how many times I've read the Bible through and through. But it doesn't do me any good just to read it and not apply it in my life. I have to learn to apply it in my life daily. The value, again, is in the application because in the end, it's obedience to that word that makes all the difference. It's obedience to that word. Amen. And then, and then our third point is be the change you want to see. Why do we come to church? So that we can be the change you want to see. One of my favorite scriptures in the entire Bible is 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. And it's on your outline. It says, Therefore, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. Let me say that again. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. How many here can remember when at a time in your life when something in the Word of God prompted you to change something about your life and you recognize that, wow, the new, this, this is a new person. The old Rick or the old whoever you are wouldn't have done that. How many can recognize a point in your life when that happened? That's what it's talking about. Be the change you want to see. And, and the important thing about that, well, okay, I'm a new creation now. You know how much influence you have now by becoming a new creation? I promise you this one thing. People look at you if you go to church. People look at you to see how you, 
how you behave. So don't be that person that has that bumper sticker on your car that says Jesus loves you and be giving people the one finger salute on the highway, okay? Just don't be that person, all right? I'm just saying that right now. People are watching how you behave. I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about those around you in your life, in your circle of life. See, we have, we have a major responsibility to be model, to model the Word of God to others, right? To model what God has done in our life, to show them and tell them about this new life in Christ. I guarantee you that the family members of Damien have seen something different in him. I don't even have to go and ask them, but I guarantee you they have seen something different in his life. I guarantee you they've seen something different in Jill's life. I guarantee you they've seen something different in Wayne and Irene's life. I promise you, all of them have. You have that opportunity to be that model this morning. Every one of you, by coming to church every single Sunday, you have an opportunity to hear something that you can share with others, that you can uh, lead others in. Whether, when you go to church, others take notice. You know your neighbors? They see you leave every morning, right before 10. They see you leave, or whatever time it is. They see you, if, if you're carrying a Bible, they, oh, there, goes, there goes Wayne carrying that big Bible again, and he must be going to church they see him. That is an impact. You're modeling to them. One day that neighbor's going to say, hey, Wayne, what, what church do you go to? One day Wayne may be able to come over and pray for that person. They may come over and say, Wayne, I know you're a churchgoer. Can you pray for me? Have you ever had that experience? Yes, and that only happens by you modeling that to them. See, we need to be an inspiration to others, don't we? Especially in the world we live in today. Because people want to do better, they want to live better, they want to be better. For the people around you, whether it's your friends or your co-workers, whether it's your family, when they see that you have a commitment that's leading you to live a better life, that attracts their attention. They want to know more about that. So I want to encourage you, you're here today, be here next week. Be here the following week. If you can make it during the midweek Wednesday night Bible study, come on out. we got plenty of room for you. Don't let that hold you back. It's only an hour, a little bit over an hour. We have food too, so come. Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. This is a positive example that you're setting for yourself, for your family members, for all those that can follow you. Amen? And in closing this morning, I just want to say maybe you're here and you would tell me, well, Pastor Rick... I've been a churchgoer all my life. I've heard hundreds, maybe a thousand sermons already in my life. I've listened to thousands of weekly Bible studies. I've been in a Bible study. I've read the Bible. I've done all that. Well, I would tell you, be careful. Don't miss the point. And Wayne and Irene said it very clearly. Don't miss the point. Jesus is the reason why we come to church. It's not to come and have that wonderful food that we have every Sunday. It's not to come and have that wonderful fellowship that we have with one another. I love every one of you as I've gotten to know you and I've gotten to pray for you. It's not that I get to see every one of your faces again on Sunday. That's a blessing to me to see your faces. But I'm here to serve Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? You are an added blessing You are the cherry on the top of that ice cream. That's what you are. 
And that's what each of you should look at. Uh, you don't get that at Haberberger, do you, brother? Anyways, every one of you are a blessing to one another. But don't lose sight of the number one reason why we're here. It's Jesus. Amen? The, the things I mentioned right now about coming to church, coming to midweek Bible study, should lead you to the main focal point, which is the, the Son of God, which is Jesus Christ. He is the mediator. He is the one way, the truth, the life. Amen? Amen. Am I loving Him? Am I loving you? Those are questions you need to ask yourself. Am I loving Him? And am I loving you? Because here's what I know, that when you do love Him, when you put Him number one in your life, that or the vertical relationship then blesses the horizontal relationships you have in your life. But if you're struggling with horizontal relationships, I'm talking about people in your families, people that you do, that are in your social circles, maybe you've got to go back to your vertical relationship. Where's that at right now? Put that number one. And it comes by being here Sunday mornings. It comes by someone encouraging you. It comes by someone praying for you. It comes by you hearing something and that prompting you to do something that you're going to take on by faith. Knowing God and glorifying Him through loving Him and loving others, that is why we come to church. Amen? Knowing God and glorifying Him through loving Him, which will then cause us to love others. That's why that scripture that we read at the very beginning, John chapter 13, which, let me read it again. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Here's the thing. That wasn't a new command to love one another. What Jesus was saying, it's a new command in the sense that I want you to love like I loved you. That's what he was referring to. See, they were, they were supposed to love one another. But Jesus' new command was, love as I have loved you. Now, that's a sacrificial love. That's a love that goes above and beyond what you and I can normally do. Amen? By this, he said, everyone will know that you are my disciples when you have that kind of love. When you say, yeah, that person hurt me. Yeah, that person doesn't deserve it, but I still love them. Because isn't that what Jesus Christ did for you? Right. Amen? So why, why should we ever forbid or hold back from loving one another? Amen? So let's focus on why we come to church. And those reasons here, those three points. Again, point number one, because the scripture says so in Hebrews chapter 10, verse, 20, verse 25. Point number two, you'll hear something that will prompt you to do something. And then point number three, be the change you want to see. You want to see change in your life? You want to see change in the lives of your children? You want to see change in the lives of our nation? In what's going on in the, in the unrest, in the civil unrest? Be the change yourself. It starts with you. And then it affects those around you. Amen? Be that change. Remember, church, our best days are not behind us. They're ahead of us. Amen? Our best days are ahead of us as a church. I want you to say this with me, and, and I'm going to close now. If, you, if you'll stand with me, uh, if you can this morning, if you can stand with me one last time. But I want each of you to say this with me. I want you to say, 
I love my church. I want you to say that. I love my church. Amen. And we heard that in those three testimonies this morning. And I just want to tell you that um, I'm blessed to be your pastor here every Sunday to, to see your faces. And uh, just hearing those testimonies, it just uh, it makes me so happy to hear and see the, the changes that I've seen in some of you and your commitment, every one of you. Um, how much more is our Heavenly Father thankful for you? How much more does He desire today to just tell you, you are the apple of His eye? Amen? Amen. You are the apple of His eye. He desires to tell you that today. And by loving your church, by being here every single Sunday, as, as faithfully as you can, he will continue to bless you, pour favor in your, into your life. Amen? Amen. 